Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Growing Knowledge Podcast. Uh, I'm your host, Parker Cruz, and today I am joined with a uh, special individual, someone who I actually met about two weeks ago or so. Um, but we've, you know, we've been talking over these past two weeks. We started to become uh, pretty good friends. Um, so uh, I'm joined by Mr. Ethan Hires. Yeah. Correct? Awesome. Yeah. All right. So, Ethan, why don't you go ahead and uh, give everybody a little bit of background about who you are uh, and where you're from. Yeah, Parker, you actually nailed my last name. A lot of people actually get that wrong. Um, they want to pronounce it so many different ways, but you got it right. Uh, but, yeah, so I'm Ethan Hires. I'm from South Georgia in a little bitty old town called Bacon County. Uh, yeah, bacon, like the food. If you come through here, we have one red light. Really, we have three, but who cares about the other two? Uh, so if you go through it, you've missed the town. Uh, but uh, I've been raised here my entire life. I've grown up in my family's fifth-generation farm. Uh, we do a lot of production ag, and, uh, you know, I've just – I've absolutely – Loved agriculture from a young age, uh, from helping my dad bale hay to now working in chicken houses and having my own hay operation as well. Awesome. So, uh, like I stated previously, you know, I've just gotten to know Ethan over these past two weeks. And uh, the reason why I've gotten to know him or how I was introducing through him uh, was through us being both state officers. So, you know, as you all know, I'm a state officer. Um, for Florida FFA, and he's actually state officer for Georgia FFA. Um, and we'll talk a little bit more about what he does and his role and kind of what his years looks like. Um, but before we do that, I kind of wanted to break the ice uh, and allow everybody to get to know Ethan a little bit better. Um, so we're going to start something new, and it's going to be rapid-fire ice-breaking questions. So uh, we're going to go ahead, and we're going to start with these questions. So, Ethan, question number one is, what is your favorite movie quote? Favorite movie quote is I've seen enough to know I've seen too much. Favorite one, and I feel like I could just tell so many different stories. What movie is that from? Uh, it's from uh, A League of Their Own. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Awesome. Yeah. So question number two is what is your go-to order at Chick-fil-A? 12-piece chicken nuggets with extra Chick-fil-A sauce. If you're not getting Chick-fil-A sauce, Something's wrong because Polynesian is overrated. <laughs> I totally agree with that statement. Um, and then the final question, if you had to live in a big city, which big city would you choose and why? I would probably go with uh, San Antonio or Fort Worth. Um, I'm a really big stock show guy, and I just love, I, I love showing livestock. Uh, and there's you know some of the most famous stock shows there, and I would just live there for those reasons, those reasons only. So now that we've been able to kind of break that a little bit and, you know, answer these questions that kind of give us a good idea about what kind of person you are, um, we're going to go ahead and we're going to dive into kind of the, the more um, main questions that I'm going to ask you today. So the first question is going to be about, you know, um, your state officer year. So what has been some of your most impactful moments for you during your year of service? Yeah, I would definitely say so. Georgia FFA, we just finished up um, our second conference um, late February. I think it's February 28th, if I'm correct. I think that's when our that's when we had our uh, Rise Above conference, which Rise Above is our state theme this year. Um, that was super impactful. That and Discovery conference because that was really um, the first time we got to see students. Because um, we we've had to, if we do a Zoom call, we've 
had to, or I'm sorry, if we do a chapter visit, we've had to Zoom mm-hmm. or uh, use Google Meet. So definitely yeah. being with those students that first time, and, and in my opinion, giving a real workshop in person um, was super impactful because, I mean, you can connect with someone over the phone, but when you have, like, that in-person experience, there's just so much more uh, there between you and that person. So that that was something that's been super impactful in, in my year. So one thing you kind of just said there is, you know, you talked about how that experience of, you know, going from a virtual setting, you know, you're teaching students through Zoom or whatever it may be, and that's something that we've had to deal, you know, with as state officers as well, um, and then making that jump to the more in-person uh, virtu- or the more in-person workshop settings. And I know for me, uh, when I ever did my first ever in-person workshop, it was something that uh, I had to get used to. I was super nervous. Uh, I, I ran. Uh, um, I was really short on time. I still had a lot of time left in class when I got done. Um, and I know that was one big struggle for me was trying to figure out, you know, my pace and my tone because it's so different uh, when you're actually in there in person. Um, so what were some of, like, the big things or what was, like, a big um, um, kind of challenge you saw between, you know, going from that virtual workshop setting to that more in person? Yeah, so I actually struggle struggle more with that online version. Like, I will run over time. <laughs> Uh, online. So I guess one one big thing for me, uh, I know back in the summer when, when Georgia FFA, we had our base camp and we were learning how to facilitate, I mm-hmm. struggled running over time. Um, so one thing that I had to really lock down on is know my time. And if, you know, if I see that uh, I'm running out of time, I just need to just scrap everything and get to where we need to go. Um but I, I think that one the biggest thing that I have noticed or the biggest change that I've had to adapt to when it comes to virtual and in-person um, is just knowing my stuff, mm-hmm. um, which sounds stupid because you're just like, you should know it already. <laughs> yeah. Parker, you and I know if we're going to do something online, we can kind of – there's some there's some playroom with it. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, split screen, <laughs> mm-hmm. but uh, definitely knowing that workshop forwards, backwards, sideways, up, down, um, that's been the biggest thing, and knowing my time, because God knows if you ask any of my teammates, they'll tell you back in the summer, I went way over time. Mm-hmm. I know that was, yeah, it's funny to see how we were kind of opposite on on that aspect, but uh it's definitely true, you know, um, to use a, a, a word that gets tossed around a lot by people our generation, the vibe was definitely different uh, when you're in person rather than virtual. Um, so one thing I, I want to – one last question I want to talk about when we're talking about your year of service is um, you get to interact with an individual named Mr. Andy Paul on, I, I would assume, <laughs> a regular basis. Um, but uh, yeah. if you don't follow Mr. Andy Paul on Instagram, definitely give him a follow. He – for those who don't know, he was a former uh, Georgia FFA state officer, but also former national FFA president. Um, and he's currently the leadership specialist, um, leadership coordinator yeah. uh, for Georgia FFA. Yeah. So he works a lot with the state officers. Um, so what what has it been like working with uh, Mr. Paul? And, you know, what I know um, a lot of students and a lot of state officers have talked about, you know, how much of an impact he's had on him. So. Um, we're going to take this time and we're going to talk a little bit. We're going to brag about Mr. Paul a little bit. I don't know if I can brag about him. <laughs> oh, man. 
I I love Mr. Paul. Um, he is a great human. I hope he doesn't hear that. Um, <laughs> but yeah, he is he is awesome. He is genuine. He's pure, um, and he's himself one hundred percent of the time. And uh, when it comes to facilitation and tips and tricks and and learning, like he is, in my opinion, the best facilitator out there. Um, we're actually him and I are, we're actually uh, workout buddies. Oh, so nice. we have this app. <laughs> yeah, we have this app called Gym Rats, and we'll create challenges, and and they're like thirty day challenges, and the ones that we do, um is to see, like, who goes to the gym the most, who works out the most. And we're actually tied 1-1 right now. But, uh, yeah, I talk to him. I, I at least snap him or text him at least once a day. Um, and I'll call him every now and then, at probably once a week, just to aggravate him. But, I mean, he's <laughs> he's genuine. He's pure. He's hilarious. Um, he is full of energy. Like, never seen him just – drained Mm -hmm. he is something special and i've learned that there are so many associations that are uh, that are just obsessed with him (laughs) uh the main reason it's it's funny that you uh that you say that the main reason i brought that up is because when i was out for my for my walk slash jog today i listened to um you you probably know Ian Bennett, former Georgia yeah. State State officer, former national officer. Well, he also he had a podcast. He actually just wrapped it up. But in one episode, he actually sat down with Mr. Paul, and I was actually listening to that today. That's why I brought that up, and I was like, I was like, oh, I'll ask Ethan about about that. Um, but you know, we talked about you know that part of state officer. We talked a lot about state officer already, and you know, one kind of final thing I want to touch on is an experience that we got to share together uh, about two weeks ago, and that is uh, ILSSO, um, or the International Leadership Seminar for State Officers, and, you know, that was an experience that completely blew me away, changed my mind, um, and, you know, allowed me to see a different perspective on agriculture and just, uh, you know, society and culture as a whole across the world. So I was wondering, how did you feel, you know, before ILSSO, during, and then finally after the conference? Yeah, before, I really didn't know what to expect. Um, was really worried about it because, as you know, I actually missed the first session. I was actually on my way <laughs> home. Um, we were doing something at one of our camps up in North Georgia, and I was on my way home. I, I honestly didn't, I didn't know what to expect. Um, didn't know what we're, what we were going to be talking about um, during the thing. Like I knew, like as soon as I hopped on the the first session that I was able to get to, like I knew, like I would love this um, because mm-hmm. it, it, like you said, it brought a new perspective to me about what it means to be a global citizen, what it means to be um, global in agriculture, and having those conversations with like beef food. Um, and all of mm-hmm. those students are from the African Leadership Academy. Like all of those, they just all of those people and students. They just brought uh, so many like real world knowledge, um, and it was just amazing experience to be able to talk to them. And even at night, you know, we're making spaghetti, yeah. which are not spaghetti, but um, uh, pizza rolls. Yeah, <laughs> for <laughs> Yeah, mine. I'd like to think mine were good, but they were just, you know, they were all right. 
Yeah. <laughs> it, it could have been worse. I had a mess all over the kitchen. But, like, the nightly sessions like that or when we uh, learn how to salsa, um, mm-hmm. I absolutely had a ball learning how to salsa dance. I you can't know, do it to save my life. Yeah, me either. <laughs> but it was fun. Um, but and I was sad to see it to see it in um, because it was extremely fun. I I was looking forward to getting on Zoom like every day before yeah. you know like five ten minutes before our session. Um, I was always pumped and you know I I was sad to see it in, but you know there's always next year. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So. What would you say, you know, we talked about, uh, you, you, you mentioned Bifu, and, you know, me and my team, and I'm pretty sure everyone else who, who attended uh, this conference is obsessed with this man now. Um, but what was your favorite, we have called them Bifuisms, uh, that you heard or that he, uh, you know, said during uh, his uh, tea ceremony and during his time? I think my favorite, um, there was one point where he was just like, be like water. Mm-hmm. Um, I I can't even remember the context that surrounded it, but I I just I I, I enjoyed that. I'm sure it'll hit me later tonight, like what he was saying. But I think <laughs> my favorite and most impactful moment um, when he was speaking was when he was talking about winter and like the seasons. Yeah, and he said, you know, we don't always enjoy winter, but we have to go through a winter to enjoy our spring. Yeah. And that if we never go through a winter, if we never struggle, then we'll never truly uh, have an appreciation and have that joy um, for things. You know, and you can relate it to COVID nineteen. You know, like when when the pandemic hit, that's when you know a lot of people's eyes were open for things that we took for granted. Um, you know, and right now we're I would say that we're still going through that winter in America and in the world, but I would say that the sun's starting to kind of pop on up. And mm-hmm. people's eyes were definitely open, and when we roll into that spring, when we get over this hump, it's going to be great. Yeah, and that absolutely. that was something that really just hit hard because, like, I mean, I I never thought about the fact that we have to go through hard times to enjoy the good times. Mm-hmm. We won't enjoy the good times. Yeah, I know. Um, my my teammate Riley, who I interviewed on the last episode. Uh, she brought up that 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 point too that he made, and it was just something that we kept talking about that entire week. Um, and you know, it just it, it just kept rattling in my brain with something like that. But another one um, that I really liked was I think I have it read down here um, somewhere, but it was all about you know being your best. You know, at the it was something about you know at the end of the day, if you gave your best and you um, were your best in that moment, and you don't succeed, then that's all that, and, and that's okay. And you know, you, you did your best, and at the end of the day, you can come back and you can get even better. And that was something that you know, really, I struggled with a lot of the time in my life was, um, you know, not thinking I did my best or like wondering, you know, you know, I gave it my all, then why didn't I get this or why didn't I, you know, do this or whatever happened. And I know that thing that he he said, it it really it really moved me. I was like, wow, it blew my mind. I, I wrote it down. I can't find it right now. But um, I know that for me, that was one of like the big things that really impacted me. And to continue on, another big thing that impacted me or another thing I really enjoyed was uh, game night. So 
in ILFSO, we are put into our what are called quote unquote bus groups. And me and Ethan were in the same bus group. That's how we got to really know each other. Um, but one night, we actually got to play uh, a bunch of different games that are played around the world. And, you know, uh, my favorite would definitely have to be, I think it was um, the statue game. I was pretty good at it. Not going to lie, Ethan was pretty good at it, too. <laughs> uh, <laughs> there's some funny pictures of me uh, with my uh, uh, posing as a statue during that game. But um, another one of my favorite was Kinkse, where we, we changed it every time. Um, but, you know, that night as a whole was really, really, really fun. And it allowed us to get to know each other. It allowed us to, you know, kind of just, you know, break the ice and, you know, become more fun with each other uh, as a group. Um, and that's kind of what it meant to me. Um, and I was just kind of wondering, you know, what was that experience? What, what was game night uh, like for you? I absolutely enjoyed game night. Like, game night was awesome. Um, mm-hmm. I thought – that Joe and I from Wisconsin were going to go all night at Ant <laughs> Elephant Man. Oh, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Which is basically the same thing as Rock, Paper, Scissors. Paper, Scissors, yeah. Um, but I thought him and I were going to go all night long because we kept tying. But I, like you said, I loved game night. The statue game was fun. I enjoyed the statue <laughs> game, but I loved Kinksey. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that one was a lot that, of fun. That was fun. Because, I mean, like, yeah. you're, I know, like, when I got put out, like, I was on the number four, and I'm trying to think of what word it got changed to, and, and then I'm like, I give up, <laughs> and I'm just like, it was four. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I know, first of all, shout out to Joe, a.k.a. Big Kahuna. We love Joe uh, from Wisconsin. <laughs> um, uh, but, but yeah, I, I game night was definitely one of the highlights for me. Uh, during that week or during the conference. Um, so now that we've talked a lot about, you know, this experience we shared together, I kind of wanted to dive more into, you know, uh, what you like to do. You know, at the start, you kind of talked about how you were a big stock person. You know, that's why you said you would like to go to, um, you know, San Antonio or, you know, Fort Worth. That's why you, you'd like to live there. So why don't you tell us a little bit about, you know, your experience with showing livestock and also I you were an ambassador for, I don't know exactly what, uh, but um, why don't you tell us a little bit about, you know, what you what your time as an ambassador looks like, um, but also, you know, what showing livestock kind of means to you. Yeah, um, so I'll start with the ambassador. Um, so I was a ambassador for the Georgia National Fairgrounds, um, okay. which happens every year in October. It's a two-week mm-hmm. event. Um, and to be an ambassador, you have to uh, fill out an application, submit a video about why you want to be an, why you want to be an ambassador, um, and from the applications and the videos that are sent in, twenty are selected. From that twenty, ten or from the twenty, twenty are selected. They're interviewed, and from that twenty, uh, ten are selected to be on the ambassador team. And uh, basically, we helped out during the Georgia National Fair because I mean it was just a crazy time, even mm-hmm. without all the all the words. Even without all of the people there on the fairgrounds, it was just still a crazy time. Uh, we had to hang banners um, during our final drive of the show. You know, we were there with the checks and the plaques and all of that grand stuff, handing them out to those winners, um, getting people where they needed to go, passing out shirts. Uh, we're, we were also behind the scenes on a lot of other shows, uh, and you also get background 
stuff to like finances on, on what it takes to run a show, what it takes to run the Georgia National Fair. Um, and we also got to help out my favorite thing throughout the year. One of them was we actually got to help out with uh, Walton's webcasting. And Walton's is a okay. streaming platform for stock shows. And, you know, mm. it was fun running the camera, but when I got the headset and I got to talk, <laughs> it was great. I mean, at, at some point, Mason Wall and I, who uh, is one of the guys or was one of the guys on the team, were retired. But uh, Mason Wall and I, we got to talking. We were talk. We were in a cattle show, and we got to talking about um, hair growth. Mm-hmm. And in not in people, and he's like, "Yeah, I think melatonin uh, helps people grow hair." <laughs> and it was just like instantly, my phone starts going off. Like my mom's texting, my brother's texting, my sister-in-law's texting. Like it ain't melatonin; it's, it, it's biotin. Y'all need to shut up and get off the mics. I mean, we we quit for that day, and I go to eat with my family because I think that day we were gonna go eat Mexican, and everybody was like, "Y'all don't need to be back on there." Well, then the next week, Jordan Pritchett and I, who was he was also on the team, we're on the mic in a pig show, and we're just. Jordan and I, we were rolling, laughing so hard at stuff. Um, I mean, it was just great. I don't even think that we talked much. We were laughing half the time. I was getting texts from different people because I was pronouncing people's names wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, but it it was great. And I, I would do I, – if I could be an ambassador again – I would do it a thousand times over because it brought me to some of my best friends, uh, some of my favorite moments, like just just chilling at one of the girls' camper at night. Like we would all just pack in her camper. I mean, and we would just chill till you know two, three in the morning and play cards. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it was just just fun times, and it, it it brings you to a lot of a lot of great people. Miss Keaton uh, and Mister Philip, our advisors, are awesome folks. And they do a great job with that. Um, but uh, kind of moving into the stock show world, um, I started showing pigs when I was in the fifth grade. And uh, it's kind of funny. I I enjoyed it, but I enjoyed that paycheck at the end a lot more. Because <laughs> uh, at our county show, we actually sell all of our animals and mm-hmm. – uh, in an auction, and uh, I enjoyed that paycheck a lot more than I enjoyed showing. So, like, for the first several years of, of showing, really, until probably high school, I could, I was after that paycheck. Yeah. Um, but uh, seventh grade, I started showing steers, uh, and then when I got into high school, that's when we started to take things a lot serious, uh, especially on the cattle side. Um, I don't – I mean, we took pigs serious. We just didn't show as much. Uh, outside mm-hmm. of our local show, but uh, cattle, we—I'll just start there with that. We got in; we didn't know what we were walking into. I mean, we pull up to the first show in Perry, uh, which is really where all the the big shows are at here in Georgia. We pull up; we don't really have any equipment. I'm carrying everything around in a, a Tupperware box. Mm-hmm. Um, don't really know what we're doing, but. 
it was a growth moment because I look at now at all the stuff that I have, um, you know, and a lot's changed. Like my mom says all the time that she wishes she would have recorded me when I first started showing until now. Uh, but, I mean, we uh, bought some steers from really close family friends of ours, and uh, we you know we did all right. And then sophomore year, that's when we really started to dial it up. Freshman year, we also started showing heifers. Uh, but sophomore year, we really started to dial it up. Um, I actually bought a steer from my ag teacher, and uh, I mean that I I wish I could have him. Like I wish I wish I still had that steer every time I go to a steer show because he was just the perfect steer. He always won his divisions. Um, he was uh, fourth overall at a show in Perry one time. He won a couple of smaller shows, but he was just a, a lights out steer. Uh, that mm-hmm. same year, we also showed a, a really good low percent semi that always won her her division as well. Uh, she won a, a couple shows, and she won a pretty big show up in Perry. Um, and then we just continued to continued on sophomore or sophomore junior year uh, and senior year. Senior year we didn't this, which is my senior year. We didn't, uh, or my senior is this year. We didn't really show that hot of a steer i mean he was all right we wasn't nothing special we didn't we we didn't go out and spend the money that we normally do um because you know i've been busy this year with state office and things like that um but i've i've just enjoyed it because showing cattle i've I've gotten to show uh, not only across georgia but across the nation with Mm -hmm. it actually this summer we're going to nebraska to show uh at angus junior nationals and it's going to a lot of yeah, a lot of great people. It's brought me to a lot of great people, a lot of great friends, a lot of connections in low places. Mm-hmm. Um, but pigs, I mean, <clears throat> pigs are one of those things, like, you either love them or you hate them. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, it's every other year, it just seems like I have better of one or the other. Um, for example, this year, this past year, I had much better swine than I did cattle. Mm-hmm. Um but it was because I, I I went out and had someone else buy my pigs. But um showed across really started to hit hard showing really this year and last year mainly. Uh freshman year we started showing up in Perry with pigs at the state show which is in February. Uh but this year we, we had a we had a fun time. Like I just enjoyed going out here and just working these animals. Uh we had a really nice uh purebred rock that um, I bought from some family friends of ours and uh, was a really nice gilt. We actually still have her in our barn. I'm going to breed her here mm-hmm. in April. Um, we had a had a really good gilt, cross gilt. She she croaked on us. She kicked the bucket. She got a virus. She, might have, she may have had the coronavirus. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, but the barrow that we had this year, he was special. Um, he was dumb as a box of rock. <laughs> but he was special. Uh, he was actually the full sibling to the one that won the Georgia or the Georgia State Livestock Show this past year, the Bear Show. Uh, he hmm. was a full sibling to that, so uh, it was pretty, pretty neat to just be able to show that full sib, but also uh, being able to be right there um, and have a hand in that that the Bear deal. And uh, you know, I, I'd like to. I, I can proudly say. That I washed the the barrow that won the state show several times. I've been there when they fed it. I took it. I've weighed it before. I've been there when they clipped it. I've 
I'd like to think that I've walked it more, or not more, but I've walked it just as much as Dylan's walked it. Um, but it was really cool to see that deal because we're we're all really close close family. Um, but you know that's something I haven't shown swine across the nation, but uh, definitely something I would enjoy doing. I think, but uh, I don't know. Don't know if I'm I'm ready to tackle tackle swine up at these major shows like that. Mm-hmm. So we've talked a lot about stock over these past couple minutes. And, you know, I'm going to kind of head back into kind of what's going to be our wrap-up part of today's episode. And, you know, something I get asked a lot or, you know, a few things I, I think about a lot is, you know, the legacy of my state officer year. What do I want people to remember whether it be about the interactions they had with me, about my team in general, about, you know, with us, we have in, uh, a state convention coming up in a couple months, and you guys do as well, you know, and we think about, you know, what what is the legacy of that's going to be? What are people going to remember from that? And, you know, you know, one thing we got asked in to, help, well, to help us write our retiring addresses is, you know, what do you hope people remember about your RA in uh, the, the day after one year and then five years after you deliver and that you know that for me really made me stop and think about man what do i really want to say to help encapsulate you know who i am what i believe in and kind of what this year's meant to me and you know what i feel like people should know you know that was such a really hard-hitting question for me and you know when we're talking about you know legacies and people what we hope to remember people by in our state officer year it, it's easy for us to look at it and say oh we're we're the state officer year that was were different, quote unquote. You know, we didn't have the same experiences. We didn't do the the fancy trips. We didn't get to, you know, do all that all that stuff. And, you know, while we are different, quote unquote, that doesn't mean it's a bad different. You know, we've gotten to do a lot of different experiences um, that are just as unique and just as impactful. I know for for me and my team, we've had the opportunity to for all of us to Zoom with individual schools. And, you know, in a normal year, you know, a school wouldn't have that opportunity to interact with all eight of us at one time. So I feel like, you know, that's something you all have probably faced and probably have adapted to is, you know, coming up with these new experiences that kind of make up for those ones that we've quote unquote lost. And now that I've kind of chased my tail a long time, I'm actually going to get to the question. But, um, what do you hope, people remember about you know you at your year as a state officer um you know your team as a whole you know what what do you hope that uh the legacy of ethan hires as a state officer um is so we were asked pretty much uh the same type of question earlier in the year when we first got elected uh said our question was how good do you want to be um and I'll, i'll get to that your question just a second but how good do you want to be? And, and like, if you flip through my journal, like you'll see that at the top of the page every now and then, like when I have to reflect back to how good I want to be. Uh, So I totally get like, you know, where you're coming from as far as like my legacy, like I want people in five years that met me, I want them to, to remember me as the, the guy that was the same outside of the blue jacket as he was in the blue jacket. You know, as state mm-hmm. officers, there are there are a lot of times when we are just called fake um, yeah. because people, for some reason, think we put on a fake smile, or we'll talk to them when when they're at an FFA event, but we won't talk to them when we see them in public. 
Um, and anybody who knows me knows that I am a social butterfly. I'll talk to a brick wall if I got to. <laughs> um, and I just want I want people to remember me as the guy that was the same. He was the same Ethan. Uh, he was the same type of guy that was cutting up because I love to cut up and have a good time. I think if you're not having a good time, you're not doing it right. Uh, and I love to cut up in a blue jacket. Like you can ask my teammates or anybody. Like I'll cut a joke real fast, and I may think it's the only one that's funny, but I'll I'll laugh. I'll roll in the floor and cry. <laughs> but I definitely want people to remember me as the guy that was genuine, pure, and authentic. The guy that was the same year round. Yeah, absolutely. That's something that I strive to too. You know, that's something that to go back to the idea of being quote-unquote fake, that's something that, you know, lead, even leading up to state office, um, that was something that I got told a lot, is at the end of the day, you have to be you, because if you're not you, people are going to see that, and, you know, it's not only going to hurt other people, it's going to hurt you, you know, if, if you put on this facade that you're this person who did all this stuff and won all these awards, and, you know, this is how you act, and, you know, that's going to get tiring. And that's going to be, you know, not only make your experience worse, but it's going to hurt other people. So, you know, going into state office, I kind of had that same mindset where it's like, I want to make sure at the end of the day, you know, I, I do change and I change in good ways throughout my time as state officers, but I don't lose who I am, who I was before state officer. Um, and hopefully I stay, I stay that same person even after state office. Um, but, but yeah, that is going to kind of wrap up. Um, our conversation today, you know, Ethan, I really, really appreciate, you know, you sitting down talking to me. I know this is a busy time of year for state officers. Um, you know, we're starting to reach that, that convention uh, push right now. Um, so I really do appreciate it. Um, if you would like, if you'd like to plug, you know, your social media or, you know, who you are in general or and plug anything, you can take these last couple seconds or minute or so to do that if you'd like. Yeah. So, you can follow me. I'm pretty sure my Instagram's just Ethan Hires, just one continuous thing, E-T-H-A-N-H-Y-E-R-S. Uh, that's it. And I, I will say I want to I want to leave everybody with one thing that Bifu said as well that was not mentioned. Kind of it's very similar to what you said. Um, he said if if the best is fifty, strive for fifty one. Mhm. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, you know, thank you again, man. I really do appreciate it. Hopefully. Maybe we can link up one day, uh, go, you know, watch a Florida-Georgia football game. That would be a lot of fun. But, um, but yeah, thank you so much again. Um, and I hope you all enjoyed this episode as much as I did. All right, bye.